and end in light. From Flashbangs and Frag Grenades by Calchexis Read by Sam Gabriel Based on League of Legends by Riot Games Chapter 1 as odd as it was to think about, the air of Demacia was fundamentally different from the air in Piltover. Certainly it was even more so than the air in Zaun. Then again, the air in Zaun was barely air at all. Lux had never thought about how different the air tasted. She had never thought that she would prefer the taste of the air in a place other than her homeland, which Demacia still ostensibly was, however unpleasant of a notion that had become. Even from high above the sprawling farmlands and the shining marble cities, the air tasted different. It tasted wrong. Not bad, mind you. The air was still sharp and clean and clear. It was the smell of the nearby mountains and the snowmelt that ran from them every year. It was the smell of the rich, fertilized fields that stretched along the breadbasket of Demacia's great western plains. Additionally, it had another smell to it one that had always been there but which Lux had always studiously ignored. She found it much harder to ignore now that she was back, and as the Strella docked at the long aerial berth tower in High Silvermere, Lux wrinkled her nose and found herself wishing dearly for her filter mask which she had left at home with Jinx. Apparently she had lost her acquired nose blindness to the stink of hypocrisy. The gangplank fell with a dull thunk and Lux adjusted her leathers, threw her kit bag over her shoulder, and started down it. She barely got onto the dock proper before a gargantuan shadow fell over her, and two enormous arms swept her into a hug. Welcome home, sister! Lux grimaced as her back popped in three places before Garen dropped her back to her feet. Thankfully, he was wearing a knight's tunic and surplus, and not his armor, and clapped his hands on her shoulders. Hello, dear brother. Lux said, rubbing gingerly at her ribs. That was quite the welcome. You've been away far too long, Garen said warmly. Demacia has longed for the return of its favorite daughter, and I've missed my sister. Now come, mother is waiting for you at the estate. Of course she is, Lux sighed as she fell in beside Garen, who gave her an encouraging look. She's missed you as well, Lux, Garen said. Lux shook her head and said, Mother has never been what anyone would call forthright about her feelings, but her opinions on me were never a secret. Only my service in the Radiant has kept my light from being a source of shame for her. Garen's broad hand fell on her shoulder again and squeezed. Mother is a complicated woman, and we live in complicated times, he said. At least speak to her civilly, won't you? Give her a chance to be the mother I know she wishes she could have been. What's the old vanguard saying? Lux asked dryly. Something about shitting in one hand and wishing into the other? Yes, well, Garen trailed off awkwardly. Mother sold me to the Radiant before my first bleeding, Garen, Lux said. She sacrificed my childhood on the altar of the crown. I don't regret my service, but I didn't see her again until I was almost sixteen. She's my mother by blood and nothing else whatever she wants to believe. Garen heaved a heavy sigh and nodded, patting her shoulder before letting it go. Their family was a broken one, whatever mask they presented to the rest of the world. There was little love and less warmth in the cold halls of House Crownguard. 
and Lux had no energy lately to pretend otherwise. On the upside, at least she was relatively certain that the Radiant hadn't wised up to her betrayal of their resources. If they had, there surely would have been a contingent of mage-seekers ready to greet her the moment she left the Strella, rather than her brother. That meant she didn't have to worry about waiting in a petrocyte cell for Jinx to blow it open, which was good on its own merit. It also meant that she was free to execute the next stage of her plans. But first, unfortunately, she would have to talk to her mother. The Crown Guard Estates in High Silvermere was exactly the way she had left it. That didn't surprise Lux, since the Crown Guard Estate probably hadn't noticeably changed since Aurelian's soul was in short pants. She had no doubt that the Crown Guard Estate would continue to be just as phlegmatic and unchanging with the times as everything else in Demacia long after she was dust. If only that nature didn't so commonly extend to those who dwelt within. The carriage ride had been passable. The trains and trolleys of Zahn weren't exactly phenomenal, but at least they had decent suspension. And Lux found that her backside was missing that little luxury of progress. Garen gathered up her things under one arm as Lux stepped out of the carriage cab. The driver was a Crown Guard servant, and one that she vaguely recognized, and so she thanked him warmly as if she knew his name and cared about him personally. She did not, but that was the mask she was currently wearing. The mask called Daughter, the mask called Patriot, the mask of Luxana Crown Guard, first daughter to the House of Crown Guard, and Demacia's own Lady of Luminosity. She threw back her hood to take in the grand marble expanse of the estate house. It was bigger than she remembered, bright and white and gleaming in the sun. It's good to be home, isn't it? Garen said. In fact, Lux was thinking about what it would look on fire, but she couldn't exactly say that. All she could really say was what was expected, which was, It certainly is. The grand garden in front of the estate was in full bloom, and that Lux did appreciate. As much as she loved the odd colors of Zahn, she also loved flowers. And there were not so many of those in the chasms and trenches she had left behind. She would miss those gardens more than she would miss most of her family. Garen notwithstanding. She would always love and miss her big brother. Mother is waiting for us in the west parlor, Garen said. Oh, Joy, Lux replied dryly. I can't wait to hear how I've dishonored my ancestors this time. Lux, I promise it's not that bad, Garen said. You are always mother's favorite, Garen, and father's too. Protector, rest his soul. I was not... And while I don't ask you to understand that, I ask that you at least respect it. Garen sighed, but thankfully didn't argue. He had always been the golden child, and it was easy to see why. He was the ideal Demacian, strong, loyal, noble, and possessed of a certain knightly chivalry that was matched only by a certain grand duelist. She had once heard people speculating about a possible marriage between her brother and Lady Fiora, and Lux had been forced to stifle a most unladylike bark of laughter. The head of House Laurent had a suspiciously numerous population of pretty young minds that did very little actual cleaning the last time Lux had checked. That and Fiora Laurent had once publicly declared that the day the Crown forced her to wed a man would be the day she was tried for murder point being, she wasn't exactly subtle. Lux, on the other hand, stood in a barely legal gray area, 
skirting the lines of existence due to the problematic nature of her birth as a natural mage. Her service in the Radiant and with the League provided her immunity from her country's draconian laws, but in a way that almost made it worse. While other born mages were forced to guzzle petrocyte and be shunted into segregated work towns, she was allowed her life and freedom in exchange for service. She had been made a hypocrite by her family before she'd even known the definition of the word. So it was with a certain tarry bile in her throat that Lux climbed the steps to her ancestral home, pushed open the doors, and turned to follow the long hall to the west parlor where her mother was waiting for her. Garen followed behind, looking somewhat less sanguine about this meeting than he had earlier. Perhaps it was dawning on him that the issues between Lux and her mother were not something that a conversation, or even ten conversations, could heal over. That was assuming that healing was even an option, which Lux, frankly, did not believe. She stopped at the door, wrapped her knuckles against it twice, gently, then pushed it open and stepped inside. The evening sun was streaming through the wide bay windows over a well-appointed set of chairs and couches. There was a table adorned with tea and sweet cakes along with cream and sugar, and it was set beside two such chairs. Only two. Hello, Mother, Lux said. She would not say those two words, though. She would not say, I'm home. She wasn't home. Not yet. Not until she was sure she would hear that raspy, beloved voice say to her in reply, Welcome home. Luxana, please, Sid. Her mother was an austere woman, beautiful in her youth and, truthfully, still beautiful even in her fifties. She had aged gracefully. Her long blonde hair, which Lux had inherited, was done up in a fashionable bun, and she was wearing a comfortable gown suitable for meeting both close and extended family in. It was decorated, but not overly embellished. Just another mask. Lux moved obediently to the chair across from her and sat down. The moment she was settled, Agatha Crownguard looked to Garen and said, I'd like to speak with your sister privately, son. Thank you for fetching her. Of, of course, mother, Garen said, sketching a bow. He left without fanfare, and the click of the door closing behind him had an oddly funereal timbre to it. It's good to have you back, Luxana, Agatha said, smiling. I understand you'll be staying in the kingdom for some time. Don't pretend you had nothing to do with that, mother, Buck said, smiling thinly. I'm well aware that you never wanted me to go to Piltover. I'm not a fool. I know the Radiant wouldn't have pulled me out of the investigation without significant pressure. You don't belong in a place like that, my dear, Agatha said. You belong here with your family. Where I belong is not to the needs and the will of the Radiant Council, not the whims of my wealthy family, and I don't appreciate you interfering with my career. Career. Agatha all but sneered. This is not a career. This is a dalliance. Your duty is to the family as it has always been, Luxana. Let your brother serve the crown. You have a higher calling. Lux pressed her lips to a thin line and said, 
I don't particularly consider being a nobleman's broodmare to be a higher calling, mother. She waved off Lux's complaint, dismissing it with a scoff. Always so contrary. You are a crown guard, and you will act like one. That is not up for debate. I permitted you a year of distraction in that gilded city of progress, blinkered fools, but now is the time to come home and do your duty. My duty, Lux snapped, is to the people. It is to the council, to the crown. Perhaps you expect me to be like the fainting and vacuous daughters of your social circles, but I am not. I am a soldier of Demacia and an agent of the crown, and by the protector, mother— Lux stood sharply over her. If you interfere with my honor one more time, I shall remain a spinster for life out of spite. How dare you! Agatha stood, but being no taller and significantly more lacking in muscle, it did more than highlight who was more dangerous between them. I am your mother, you ungrateful child, and you lost the right to call yourself my mother when you sold me into bondage, Lux said sharply, jabbing a finger under Agatha's nose. You gave me over to the Radiant, and it was they who raised me on a doctrine of pain. All the noble children slept in downy beds. I was curled up on a straw mat in a stone prayer cell, wearing nothing but a ratty shift. While other children feasted on their naming day, I had long forgotten my own, as it was only ever another day of toil. She stepped closer, and her mother shied back as terror sharpened in her eyes. While you enjoyed luxury and ease for a decade, I was beaten with switches, until I could endure without crying out, that I might resist torture were I ever to be captured. Lux set her hand on her mother's shoulder gripped tightly enough that her mother winced, and then forced the woman back down into her chair. Finally that constant look of marble contempt on her face had broken, and she was staring up at her daughter in horror. You ceased to be my mother, Lux said, when I forgot how to cry out for your arms. Agatha worked her mouth soundlessly stunned into bovine silence by Lux's outburst. Bitterly, Lux couldn't help but think that that might have been the one time that her mother had actually listened to her. Putting her back to Agatha Crownguard, Lux marched over to the door. But before she opened it, she looked over her shoulder at her shell-shocked mother. I will be getting dressed and going to meet with the Radiant Council to request a new assignment— do not interfere with me again. Are we clear? She waited for a moment, but there was no response. I shall take your silence as an assent, Lux said. Good day, mother. Lux stepped out into the hall, and it was blessedly empty. Her heart was pounding and her eyes burning. Her mask had cracked terribly, but it had not fallen away. That, at least, she could hold on to. What she could not hold on to were her tears. She hadn't expected tears. Lifting her hands to her face, she covered her eyes, lowered her head, and wept quietly. As she did so, she pretended that she could not hear the same sounds coming from within the parlor that she had just lately left. Across the span of Valoran, 
another airship was making ready for takeoff. It was a small freight liner that carried luxury goods from the markets of Piltover to the noble houses of Damasia. It was not a large ship, but it had a sizable cargo, and it was nimble on its feet and could navigate even the dicier crosswinds. The ship was called Parnius, a Targonian hero, apparently, although what he was a hero of and what that had to do with hauling freight to Damasia and Jinx had no idea, nor did she care to find out. It wasn't really relevant. What was relevant was that the crew was tired and the guards were getting sloppy. Sloppy enough that she had been able to slip on board amidst the full crates of spices and wines from various lands. She wasn't going to hide in the cargo hold this time, though. Ever since her escapade into Noxus, they had been getting a little more diligent about that. No, she'd have to hide somewhere a little less conspicuous, at least until the Parnaeus was underway. Chuckling to herself, Jinx waited until there was a gap in the patrols. She waited and watched, and the moment it happened, she slipped through the gap and went topside, threw herself over the edge of the vessel and slapped her palms and knees against the hull, the clamps she was wearing engaged, letting out pneumatic hisses and then bit into the durable wood. It was getting late and growing dark because the Parnaeus had been unfortunately delayed due to a closure of the main Piltoven thoroughfare between the markets and the airship berths. Some crazy woman had planted mines in the middle of the road. They were all ready to ship out and had been for hours, save for needing their last few deliveries which they'd been forced to wait for. None of them were happy, and most of them were cutting corners to get underway. None of them would spot her clinging to the lee of the hull like she was. Her arms and legs were going to wake like a bitch by the time she got back up and over to the railing. By the time she got back up and over the railing, but that was a small price to pay. And it wasn't the worst place she'd stuck herself to wait something out. The ship's engine hummed to life, and Jinx grinned as, a moment later, the Parnaeus began to heave too. Her plan was in place, and she was thinking clearer than ever. Everything was clear now, especially the things that weren't clear. Fortunately, she knew just how to clear those up, too. She just needed to ask a question. I'm coming, Blandy, Jinx whispered as the Parnaeus accelerated. And it's gonna be so much fun. The text of this story is available on AO3. Music by Dot Matrix. If you would like me to record a story, voiceover, or character, get in touch using the contact information available on my website, which is located at samgabrielvo.com. And there you can find other stories that I've read, as well as a link to my Discord server, where I record things live for your enjoyment. And finally, as always, thank you for listening.